Blog Talk Radio. Chatting with Nat is a podcast for independent women seeking to speak their truth and to break down barriers. We host honest conversations that help to guide and empower women. Speak your truth and set yourself free. Let your voice be heard. Hi everyone, this is Natalie Deans and Natalie Jean. Today on Chatting with Nat, we have the honor of having multidisciplinary artist Trinity. Trinity is a multidisciplinary artist who harnesses the apex of her creative energy through sound. As a self-taught musician, vocalist, bassist, producer, and lifelong professional dancer, Trinity is a prime example of creative limitlessness found with the proper convergence of trust in the unknown and dedication. Born and raised in inner city Chicago, Trinity is heavily influenced by her Chicago house roots. A true New Earth Renaissance woman, Trinity is a trailblazer in the new and evolutionary field of regenerative arts. That was a mouthful, but it was great. Let's give her a round of applause. Hi, Trinity. How are you doing? I'm doing well. How are you? Thank you for the introduction. Oh, you're welcome. I'm still hanging in there. I woke up and I'm still breathing. Um, And I say (laughs) that. I mean, literally, when you get up every day, you're just like, what What else is going to happen? You know, you went from uh, the elections to George Floyd to a pandemic, uh, to tsunamis, earthquakes, Roe versus Wade, uh, monkeypox, COVID had a baby uh, or a bunch of babies. <laughs> um, you know what I mean? So you wake up and you're like, hey, yeah. I'm going to see another day. I still witness in mass shootings and all this crap, but hey, I'm I'm still here. Um, so how have you been doing during all of this craziness? I mean, I've honestly been doing really well. I can't mm-hmm. complain. <laughs> um, I live a very specific lifestyle. Um, pretty like introverted naturally like a bit of a hermit I'm usually really deeply immersed in my own space um and uh when everything kind of started at the beginning of COVID I actually got excited because I felt like the time that I had been training for um Mm -hmm. like the thing that came to this planet for was like beginning like it was no longer in the training zone it was in like the all right we're we're doing this and so what happened for me um, my business has started to flourish as everything else started to crumble. The services that I offer started to be more desired. So right. I just find myself um, and do find myself just busy. Uh, and I, I agree with you, though, with the just gratitude for each day. And I have, I have such a blessed vessel. I do definitely take care of my vessel intentionally, but I have not experienced any sickness through this time personally, and um, I am very, very grateful that my vessel is able to navigate the this world in the way that it does. So I'm awesome. riding the waves and just, you know, holding the space and the edges where I can and 
letting things move through me as needed, and but mostly just trying to stay out of it. Right. <laughs> no, I, I, yeah. I, I hear you. I unfortunately got uh, COVID twice, um, and the, the long-term effects of that, the people don't believe that, but it's true. You can have that. So. Oh, yeah. It's been it's been really crazy, you know, trying to adjust to all of this. Um, mm-hmm. They want to just boost you with everything. Emily's done with that, by the way. Um, okay, so <laughs> here, one of one of the things I, there's a question I like to ask everybody, and I give you a little synopsis of, you know, obviously the pandemic and hell everything else that has been going on has been cray. Um, but especially with the pandemic, people have lost lives, people have lost family members, people have lost limbs, people have long-term effects of COVID. You know, there's so many different variants. People have had it several different times. It's just been a whirlwind of things. But out of that came um, uh, pros. You know, one of the things I saw is family members were walking together. It's not, it's not something that should be unusual, but it is. Everybody's normally going at a fast pace. They don't really have time for that. So what the pandemic did is open the pathway for people to get to know their family members again. And then there's some people, like my colleagues, that decided to um, cut back on work hours because they realized they weren't spending enough time with family members. Then, you know, with climate change, my God, the pollution level went down when we were not in the streets. These animals were like, you know what? I hope they don't come back. But we did, you know, too bad for them. But I love animals uh, and, and mother nature and all that stuff. Um, and then, and then I read a lot of articles about people that decided to quit their jobs. And, um, so people wanted, they, they, they know they need to make money, but they rather do something that makes them happy while they're doing that work, while they're making that money. So a lot of people took the time to say, look, I'm going to do this, but I need to do my passion. I need to do what my soul is yearning for. And then you have artists like you and I, um, that, you know, created EPs, albums, singles, um, they rebranded, they decided not to do music anymore. Um, so there was a lot of self-introspection about who people wanted to be, no matter what modality they're working in. Um, like, for example, you know, artists wanted to be more of an effective player. I know I was thinking about that before. Now, you know, I write, a, uh, I write social impact message songs that, you know, a lot of people don't sing about, like, you know, when people block people on social media, because it happens. Um, so the question is during this time, did you have a lot of self-introspection? Was there anything you wanted to change about yourself as an artist or did things remain the same? Um, yeah, I think it was a total transformational period for everyone. And for me, I've been dedicated to my art since I was 11 years old. Um, Mm. I, excelled through school that's how I was able to get out of the hood I'm from Chicago I'm from Inglewood my grandmother told me if I got good grades and went to college I could get myself and the family out of the hood so that's what I've been on that path literally since I was two years old I have an exceptionally high IQ and moved through um, school very like high level of my class and in high school when it was time to decide what to go to college for I was getting brought to the guidance counselor office every day People were trying to, like, uh, convince me to go to school for chemistry, for science, for aviation, be a politician. People were – politicians were sending packages to my house trying to invite me to these fancy dinners. Like, everyone was trying to recruit me. And I was just like, I'm going to dance, and I'm going to pursue my art. Because back then, 
and my main passion was that. And my teacher, they're like, but you're going to be broke. I was like, but I'll be happy. Right, and so right. I've always carried that. And so, um, anyway, so I've been on that path my whole life. And COVID, when everything shut down, that was the first time since I was 11 years old that I didn't have a performance that I had to prepare for. Mm. Literally. So for me, it was like, oh, yes, I am just going in. And I had, it was the timing had lined perfectly. I had just did my out, my debut album release concert and had been getting into my music production and was really wanting to self start self-producing, which now I'm fully just like, I don't even go to studios. I have my own studio. Um, so I just got to immerse. I got to indulge in my natural And so for me, what transformed is all of a sudden, I felt this sense of uh, resonance coming back to me from the collective of people needing my offerings. I also do mentorship, artist development work, um, true voice activation work. All of a sudden, I was completely booked, so I was financially stable, and I got to invest all of that money over the two years into my music production, getting my right gear, getting my sound together, my um, startup regenerative media company, um, which we will be creating animation series in the future. Like I invested into that. I got all my, I just worked my butt off and got all my business stuff clarified, got all my just legacy work aligned and activated. And it wasn't a break for me. Like introspection is just a part of my existence, but what I used the time for is to recalibrate and to energize everything that I've been like working on my whole life and like get it ready, like basically building the spaceship to go and fly through the the galaxies and and spread this art and spread this love and spread this medicine to as many people as possible. That's awesome. Completely awesome. I had a blast. I love that. I love to hear that. Um, so how did you get into the music business? Did you come out of the womb, like, uh, Trinity is going to do her thing, this is music? Or was it something that you listened to, you saw? How did you get involved in the music business? Well, I think um, for me, I, I, I'm a very different being. I'm definitely, like, on the spectrum. So relating to people with my voice when I was little uh, was not possible. Like I, my social anxiety was so strong, I, I couldn't even speak most of the time. Um, so I was, I, I had this natural ability to dance though. And so okay. my first relationship with music was by dancing with her and, and being inside of her and really getting to know what felt good in the body. And that took me all the way to 27 years old. I toured internationally. I've been featured. It was under a different avatar. I was featured in Vice Beijing. I was, I was doing it as a dance artist. And then at 27, I just, something shifted in my heart. And I had mm. been, like, low-key starting to sing and write songs from, like, 24 years old. I had this powerful kundalini activation um, in a yoga class, and my voice opened, and I started to sing more. But it was, like, this personal thing, almost like, you know, I had to come out the closet about it. It was, like, something I didn't feel comfortable <laughs> sharing with others. Um, and so at 27, it was just like my soul was like, this is what you came to this planet to do, 
and my life was chaotic and falling apart and dismantling and all those things that happen when you're not on path where it's just like, it's like everything is an explosion. All that was happening and my soul was just like, you need to do music, you need to use your voice, and if you do not, the rest of your existence is going to be messed up and chaotic like this. But if you follow this path that you do not know that you're completely terrified of, it will take you to your greatest destiny. And so I said yes, and I uh, discovered I had gotten the bass cleft tattooed on my arm while I was in college for dance just because I, I thought that bass was the best part of music, and as a dancer, it was, like, my favorite. But as I was looking for my instrument, um, I met this bassist who saw my tattoo, and he was like, oh, you're a bassist. And I was like, oh. And he was like, come to my house and play my bass guitar. So I did. And it was like love at first strum. And so from there, I just bought my first bass guitar. Her name's Caress. I still have her, Acoustic Electric. Went into the woods of Northern California and started playing and singing terribly out of tune, but allowing it to come through. And my first audience was turkeys and deer that would cross through the woods <laughs> where I was playing and writing the songs that ended up being released um, three years later on Psalms of Saturn. But yeah, so music was always within me and we always had a relationship, but she didn't start to embody through me until 27. And, and her embodying in me was also the awakening of my true self and the awakening of my voice and the liberation of my voice and the liberation of myself um, owning my feminine power. So I owe pretty much everything that I've become to saying yes to music. I love it. I love it. Now, how important is it for you to be um, authentic in your life and your music as an artist? 100% it's the only way I don't know like I'm not a technical musician like now I can like read scales and stuff because I've been in it long enough it's like after a while you become to understand the patterns very fixed but my gateway to music is all through self-healing introspection death of ego and listening and allowing like the songs that I wrote on my bass I didn't even know how to play my bass yet. (laughs) So that's like the most authentic thing ever when you're playing a song that literally came through you and you don't even know what key it's in. I'm showing up to practice with my band and they're like, what key is it? I'm like, you're the one that speaks that language. Figure it out. I'm going to play you the song. Find where you fit. And that's how I started. And so for me, even now as a producer, when I'm in the studio, I play anything. I, I music. Music comes through because I don't know anything. So it's 100% authentic all the time because I'm literally just allowing. So I make choices that people who are technically trained musicians, they don't make those choices because they are um, adhering to a system that's telling them that this is the right way to music and this is the wrong way to music and these chords go with these chords and da-da-da-da. And that's beautiful and that creates such uh, technicality, like, creates finesse and it's awesome and the world needs that. But the the world also needs people who are just in full like surrender to the muse herself and so that's more the side of the spectrum that I'm on so yeah authenticity is like the key it's the only way I agree awesome 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 now what is a regenerative artist a regenerative artist is a artist who is creating for the purpose of co-nourishment. 
the process of creating the art is nourishing the artist and the work that is coming through that process then becomes nourishment for the audience that receives that work. That's mm. what it is. And yes, I made it up. <laughs> but I didn't feel that <laughs> I didn't feel that there was a term that really um was befitting for the type of way that I approach art and the way that the people that I work with approach art. And I do feel that we're on this uh, just beginning doorway opening of a new renaissance. And it is like regenerative for me is like one step above or, or more grounded than visionary. Because visionary, it's okay. Like a vision is great, but it doesn't necessarily mean that it's going to come through in a holistic manner. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, I completely understand. So your visual media is powered by soulful resonance. What is that? Soulful resonance is my baby. (laughs) It's my, uh, like, I guess you could call us a startup animation company um, or a regenerative media company in general. Um, and I created Soul for Resonance was created from just the magnetism of bringing together these powerful cinematographers, visual artists, animators, uh, digital concepts artists, uh, just people or that started to I met through my path that starts to become staple um, expressors of the visual element of Trinetti. And we realize that our ultimate goal is the same. And our ultimate goal is to create a animation company, to create animation series that are really crossing into new territories of innovation, of merging different disciplines into the um, this form. So we've been on this path, and Trinetti music is like uh, an aspect of what we create, and we, we utilize the music brands to create assets that will later be utilized in our animation series when we get to that point. And um, yeah, so it's, it's, it was birthed through the COVID portal through the two years that we were all in this cave together. Um, mm-hmm. That's one of the things that I was able to cultivate and we're just starting to emerge and we're just coming, coming to life and starting to um, launch and be more um, visible and active, like, in, into the world. So if you're interested in that, you can head to trinetti.com or soulforresonance.com and get to know us, sign up on either email list to just be involved. We're getting ready to um, start announcing our first animation project that we're going to be doing as a company together. So there's just exciting stuff that's happening there, and it's all very new and fresh. So anyone who's at all intrigued will be um, entering at the very beginning and able to watch the company blossom and, and be one of the people who was there at the founding moment. That's awesome. Now, with the animation um, idea concept, as an artist, do you like to write and sing about the times that we are in? Some people, and the reason I ask this question is sometimes artists, well, I know a lot of artists that are like this, they don't even like to touch the subjects of what's going on in the world for fear that they will alienate um, their fans, okay? They don't like mm-hmm. to talk about politics, religion, blah, blah, blah. I'm on the opposite mm-hmm. end of that spectrum because I think about everything. I could care less. Mm-hmm. 
I think that we all live in the universe <laughs> and we mm-hmm. can sing right about what we want. Uh, music obviously mm-hmm. has evolved. It can't be the same stuff over and over again. And I find that mm-hmm. I've been writing and singing about the times, you know, people will say, oh my God, I can relate to this. Because what I have found that because of all the past crap, I call it, that's been going on in the world, people are eager to get something or gravitate to something that they can hold on to. They want hope. They want to be able to relate to an artist. A lot of uh, people say that they can't relate to a mainstream artist. You know, these people have a lot of money. They're doing this, that, and the other. They're not relatable. They may like their music, but they're not relatable. Mm-hmm. There's something missing from what they could get from those artists. So in mm-hmm. regards to, I guess, controversial topics or not so controversial topics, do you perform those songs? Do you write those songs? Are you afraid to do it? Not afraid to do it? What's your take on that? Um, well, it's really interesting because I have a very specific way that I like to express my mm-hmm. words, and I really like to drop people into my music is experiential and it's introspective, and it's I create the way that I create to the times is by creating spaces that allow people to sink into what they need to receive right now. Not me trying to tell you what you need to think or how you need to feel because of how I feel. I'll share how I feel, but I share it in a way where I, I seek to tap into the universal voice and the universal truth around the energy itself so that the mm-hmm. song is timeless rather than timed. If you, if that makes sense. So I speak yeah. to that, but I, I like to use uh, like things like like wisdom. Um, wisdom can be found in riddle, in poem, like that type of way of communicating the messages. But yes, I do enjoy speaking to the times. Yeah, I mean, for myself, I don't write. When I write a song, I don't tell people what to do, but I tell them what I see, and mm-hmm. I tell them how I feel. Mm-hmm. Like it, my song mm-hmm. "Block" basically about, you know, we could have agreed to disagree, but no, 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 You know what I mean? Um, hope you're not shocked by you guys with that blog. Go cry about it on TikTok. It's mm-hmm. reality. It's the reality of what's going on in people's world. People block people all the time. They don't have time for it. Mm-hmm. I can say, okay, mm-hmm. let's, let's agree to disagree. And then half the time these people, they, go, they lose their minds. Or you learn things mm-hmm. about you thought you were your friends and they're racist. I learned a lot. A, a bush, the amount of people I said goodbye to is crazy. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. but I always tell people if they're coming to me with some stuff they want me to hear, I will. I will listen to people. But at the end of the day, I tell them mm-hmm. it's up to me to decide whether this is for me or not. And then if it's mm-hmm. not, you should be able to still be friends and agree to disagree and move on. You know what I mean? But I also believe that as artists, you can sing about the times. My whole idea is to get people to think. Mm-hmm. Are closed-minded, they just don't, they only see their point of view, is to think, to get people to put themselves in other people's shoes. That's what I would like the mm-hmm. world to do. Because people are so quick to say, well, nah, they should, I don't know why they're homeless. They should get a job. They don't know that person <laughs> You know what I mean? And I'm I'm a person yeah. that observes everything. People are always by 
um, this the stuff that I see or the stuff that I'll see and I'll, and I'll talk about it. And they'll say, Oh, how did you see all of that? Because I choose to observe rather than to mm-hmm. judge people. I observe. And then I do some an, an analytical reasoning in my head. And I say, you know what? I need to bring this about to show people this is what people are doing so that sometimes people can take a step back to say, okay, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm right. No, I'm just going to stay this way, this way, yada, yada. It's just, um, sometimes people need that. I think a lot of, that's why I love yep. Nina Simone. I love her. Like, who are your favorite artists? Yeah, Nina Simone is so great. She's great. She's great. Um, yeah, but I want to speak to um, this topic a little bit, and then I'll go into that. It'll be a perfect transition. Um, but um, I'll give you an example. So I have this song I released around the time um, when everything is starting to pop off over in the Ukraine. And it's called Summation of Love. And it's speaking to the the aspect of human consciousness that forgets our <laughs> mortality and therefore is obsessed with these material gains. Most wars are really just about material. It's something on that land in that soil that mm-hmm. somebody wants. And so this war is created to distract the masses while the earth is being raped in some capacity, either through something that's happening to her people that is being muted out um, or something that's happening to her actual, her body that's being confiscated wrongfully. That's usually what war is about. And so Summation of Love, the lyrics are a fragile vessel made of clay, mighty is your ego, one in a billion, yet you don't need no people. You know, time and time again, you climb to gain, intending to make what you can't take it with you. You right. know, all that matters in the end is the summation of love that you bring through. So for me, that's a way of getting people to come into that actual awareness state of like, what am I valuing? Where am I giving my energy? What am I doing with my energy and for what purpose? Is it accumulating love or is it creating a ripple effect of pain? in this earth? What am I doing with my energy? Because I think when we can actually start to come out of the stories completely Mm -hmm. and into the actual like state of consciousness where what am I doing? I am a conduit of energy. What am I doing with that energy in this life? How is, how am I reverberating the way, like this waveform that is me out to affect others. If we can think about that, then we can start to change. And sometimes stepping out of the stories and just into the actual, like, vibration is the best way to get there because the stories can be cyclical and they can take you into different wormholes and and things and such. But to your other question, segueing right off of that, um, the reason why I bring wisdom through lyrically in that way, or I guess what made me feel, not the reason why, but what made me feel permission mm-hmm. to bring the message through in that way was Bjork, honestly. Like, she is mm-hmm. all-time, my all-time favorite artist ever, because for me, I've been far weird my whole life. Friends, rejection, losing people because I'm different, people lashing out at me, attacking me because I'm different. This is my life. So 
all of this experience of shedding of like, oh, I didn't know this person, I didn't know that person, or all of these things that a lot of people were having come up for them through this portal or feelings of alienation, that's my life. Like, I've always felt that way. I've always had people telling me that what I believed and felt and sensed wasn't real, wasn't true, wasn't valid, da da da, all the things. Um, but this artist, Bjork, her unwavering rootedness in her truth, in her oddity, and the beauty of her oddity, and in her message, her message, which is about her life and about also the earth and also about ways in which you can change your viewpoint of your own life and existence to make it serve you better. This is the wisdom that's woven into her lyrics. And, and she's one of those polarizing artists. Like, people either, like, completely fuck with her, or they don't fuck with her at all. And for mm-hmm. me, that's a success. She, uh, she's, like, an elder. She's a crone now, and she is still touring. She still has this massive, beautiful following around her art that is so true to her and her evolution. Like everyone who loves her is ready to see what she decides to create and bring through next. And for me, that's just like the, the most beautiful type of um, longevity that an artist can hope to create. Um, so yeah, I love, that's, that's my all time favorite artist. Hands down. Yeah. There's some people that, you know, if you're very different, they like to call you quirky or weird or strange. But I don't use – I will actually call one of my friends that out, out of joking towards her. But, you know, I <laughs> people are who they are. I mean, I think people judge people because of the way that the United States or the different countries uh, value people, how they see people, how they think people should be. Mm-hmm. But they, at the end of the day, you have to love yourself the way you are. Mm-hmm. There's no mm-hmm. imperfection. There's perfection in that. See, and, mm-hmm. I, and I don't believe in it. I don't believe in any that anything's perfect, but I believe in perfection in the sense that you have to accept yourself. You have to love yourself before, um, because that's what you're putting out into the energy. If you don't love yourself, what do you think you're going to get back? You're going to get that right back. So if you Absolutely. love yourself, people that are supposed to be in your life will be in your life. I mean, I was picked on and all that mm-hmm. stuff. I could care. I used to. But that's the way I was brought up with caring about what people think. I'm at the point where, you know, in life, I have to learn not to care about what people think. And my yeah. mom, mom's always like, I'm a Catholic. No, I don't care what people think. <laughs> if we lived our lives caring what people think, we wouldn't be living. We have to do what we think that we are destined to do, something that's compassionate, loving, and all that stuff. Because I, when you say what people are destined to do, people... Sometimes we'll say, oh, my gosh, well, what about if the person thinks he's destined to be a mass shooter? That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about things that are, like, compassionate, loving, understanding, something that brings mm-hmm. you to the world and stuff like that. So um, I completely get it. I think people just have to be in tune with who they are and not really care about what people think. People sometimes bully people because they themselves are not internally they don't love themselves so they have to lash out at other people um but you have to continue to do what you feel is right for yourself move on with your life and just know that whoever is going to be for you will be for you and whoever's not is not and you don't have to worry about those people um so i'm going to play your song galactic cadillac tell me what that's about Okay, well, Galactic Cadillac, first of all, let's just go ahead and let the audience here know that this is an exclusive.
exclusive listen. This song is not out yet. Galactic okay. Cadillac will be available to the masses on August 19th. So you getting to hear this now is a glimpse into the future of my sound and um, just to where I'm at with my production and the magic that's being created. And Galactic Cadillac is it's – it's an instrumental track. It's a journey. And it's just supposed to be a space for you to – Drop into yourself. So as you listen to it, let the music take you. Let it show you something inside of your own inner body temple that you haven't taken time to listen to today. So through listening to the song, allow it to create space for you to listen to yourself. And then you'll be riding in the galactic Cadillac. All right. Well, then let's play it.
That was great. Very different. Thank I like you. This. Now, do you, think, do you think about put your putting your music in a sync and licensing? You do that? Oh yeah, that's the goal. That's the goal. My music, um, time and time again, is reflected to me as cinematic. And um, mm-hmm. there's nothing <laughs> that would be more titillating to me than to have it be um, paired in movies, video games, animations, things like that, to even just be able to get more work composing specifically for projects like that. That's, like, mm-hmm. what I'm about. Like, getting paid to just be in my studio is that's, – that's the goal. <laughs> awesome. I like that. Now – what do you love most about being an artist? Ooh, wow. The creative process. I, I, I literally, like, love the, the process, just the feeling of receiving that initial idea and then, like, going on that journey to complete it. It's, I love that. It's, it's like, the most liberating feeling when it's done and the whole process like you learn about yourself throughout the whole process um and it's for me it's just the most it's always been my lifeline of therapy to be able mm-hmm. to express myself through through abstract it's like where I feel that I'm most seen like the, the way that I can like utilize mediums to sh- to share through music through dance through visual art, I feel like that's more, like I'm able to show my soul there more than I can just in like a, a normal day-to-day um, interaction. And, and it's, it's also like been the number one constant in my life. It's like there's so many things in life you can't control. There's so much chaos. There's so much <laughs> destruction, mm-hmm. uh, personal and like, you know, collective, and there's so many things that are just unknown and out of your control, and even the big questions of why are we here, and, and like, our relationship with our creator. I find through the creative process, I have, A, something that I can control to a certain extent, because <laughs> it is all about allowance, but mm. I have a, a means to communicate with the energy that created me through mm-hmm. the process of creating something here. So, yeah. Now, I'm going to pr- play your song fi- Fast Drive on LSD. Yeah. So LSD is an acronym for Lakeshore Drive. It's actually <laughs> uh, both of the songs that we're playing. So I'm a cannabis enthusiast, have been my whole life. So Galactic Cadillac has this, like, blunt cruise through the cosmos energy going. Shout out to Mama Ganja. And then Fast Drive on LSD is a borrow. It was, I made this song, Fertile Now, the whole album was just, like, this root shocker album of thinking of my life growing up in Chicago, thinking of my ancestral roots back to Africa. Mm-hmm. And on that particular song, I was just reminiscing on times taking blunt cruises on Lakeshore Drive. And I love to play with words. And so I knew that if I named the song Fast Drive on LSD, that it would have a dual connotation, right. alluding to 
psychedelic experience as well. But if you're from Chicago, then you know what it feels like to drive fast late night on Lakeshore Drive or to be downtown up in one of the big buildings like the Drake Hotel or something like that and be looking out over onto Lakeshore Drive and see LSD written on the road. So shout out to all my Chicago homies. Love you so much. This one's for the homeland. All right.
what are you jumping? That was definitely tripping. Is that the word? Trippy. Um, Before I let you go, here's another question. Um, What are three things you wish you had known before you got into the music business? Hmm. That's a really good question. (laughs) (laughs) I actually put some thought into that. Oh, I don't even know if I can answer that yet. But well, I, I can tell you that one of the, well, a couple of things for me have been, once you get into this industry, you have to be aware of shady people because a lot of people will just pounce on you. I don't know. They It's almost like they have some radar that says, oh, my God, that's, that's a fish ready for the taking. I'm going to tell her I can oh, do yeah. everything for her, and I'm going to take her money, blah, 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 yada, yada. Um, the other thing oh, would be... Yeah. You have to believe in yourself. You have, and that music oh, yeah, is yeah. extremely subjective. Um, a mm-hmm. lot of people don't mm-hmm. still understand that. You know, they get upset when people don't like their music, but there, there's somebody for for everybody. You know, there's somebody yeah. for everybody. There's an ass for every seat. That's right. Amen. Yeah, yeah. I I think for me, my path with music was a little bit different because. I had already been a professional artist around a lot of musicians as a dance artist and choreographer. I'd already been literally on production for several festivals, in the production, on the stage, everywhere that you could be. I literally, I went to college for art. Like, so by the time I started making music, I was so done with manipulative people. <laughs> that I, I like was able to kind of like have a, a little bit more of an accelerated path and plus I entered um, knowing that I was in the far weird and that I that everybody wouldn't like what I had to offer so that wasn't necessarily an issue I'm trying to think of one there has to be one um I, I guess if I, I could say anything that I, I see come up a lot for my the people that I mentor, and this is definitely something that I think was crippling to me a little bit in the beginning, like feeling like it has to be perfect mm. in order for you to be. I think that's a big thing that catches people up. And I have a lot of friends even now that are, are like amazing, prolific artists, and they don't have any releases out because they're hoarding it because they're scared and, and, and it doesn't have to be perfect. And, and once I was able to take off that bandaid of like, I'm scared to be vulnerable. I'm scared to get ridiculed because I'm not like exactly where I know I should be yet. And just right. start to put myself out there. Um, things started to open up and, and, and there's, there's, it's like an initiation, like there's steps that you, you can't like skip steps. So you're waiting for perfection. You're just wasting time. You can't skip steps. And 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 I I left a a, a trail for people because I think that's really important. I think a lot of artists don't want to share what works for them. Don't want to share how, what they had to go through to become. And so I I, I believe in leaving a, a beacon. So if you follow my SoundCloud, if you go all the way back, you could, you'll find these things called new moon transmissions. And I didn't even know what I was doing. But I would just go and, like, record as simply as I could. There was no EQ, nothing. 
and like just do transmissions with my looper and my bass. And from those little things that I made that I didn't even know anything about engineering yet, I was able right. to get my first bookings for professional shows. I was able to get on main stages. I was able to get press and I was able to start. And I, I think that that's something that um, a lot of people hold themselves back with is just like being afraid to be a little bit messy in the beginning and it's chill. Like <laughs> it's totally chill. I like that. I like that. Now, is there, if you're going through tough times, uh, what is a passage quote saying word that you like to use if you use anything to push yourself through? I like to pray <laughs> when I'm going through tough times. All right. I, like pray. I don't, it's not anything because it depends on what the tough time is. Like, um, and, and what that's bringing up, like, there's not a one and done mantra or thing to hear that's going to keep you going. Um, and, and depending on how severe the situation is, your head might be in such a dark space that you can't even think of it. So for me, I just try to, like, if I can at least muster the strength to speak to God, that's that's what I do and and just be open and say what's going on and usually things start to open up and get clear from there but yeah it's not just like a a one one thing to say yeah it's it's whatever works for that person i mean i use yeah i use i write my own narrative i mean i i pray at night every night but you know if i'm mm-hmm. going to thing i usually just say i write my or that is the only power acting in my life um those are the things that mm-hmm. work for me um and it's been very interesting to hear the words that come uh, out of people during the interview. And, and people come up with some creative stuff that really helps them <laughs> through the day. And I love it. I love it. Because, uh, you know, everybody goes through something. <laughs> and they sometimes mm-hmm. they need to remind themselves of certain things. And whatever pushes them is the thing that they have to use. Mm-hmm. Uh, Trinity, thank you so much for being on chatting with Nick. I really appreciate you being on the show. I've learned a lot more about you. You Obviously, you're a creative genius out here doing your thing. Um, I like the fact that you are doing your thing. You don't, you know, you're being authentic and you you definitely have goals that you're setting. Um, You're a prime example of what other artists uh, should do as well, you know, to keep that focus going and helping other people. It's awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for having me and asking beautiful, interesting questions. And thank you to everyone who tuned in and listened to today or in the future and infinite now, sending you lots of love. And if you want to connect, just head over to T-R-E-N-E-T-I.com and sign up for the email list. Love and blessings. I love it. All right, everybody. This is Chatting with Nat with multidisciplinary artist Trinity. Um, and you don't remember what she said, you can Google her. I'm getting a t-shirt that says Google me. We're all, we are on too many platforms at this point. <laughs> Every day they're creating a new platform to be on. And you know, we have to be on there. We're independent artists trying to do our thing. <laughs> Until next time on Chatting Match. <laughs>
we host honest conversations that help to guide and empower women. Speak your truth and set yourself free. Let your voice be heard. Love your voice.